Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Anti-Pharmacist Podcast. So today, I'll be continuing the drug interaction series. Two weeks ago, I talked about drug-drug interactions. Last week, Monday, I talked about drug-food interactions. And today, I'll be talking about drug-disease interactions. By now, you know what drug interactions are. You know what we mean by interactions. That is the effect one substance has over another. I have established that it could be positive or negative. So today, like I said, I'll be going into drug disease interaction. It's going to be an educative episode, guys. So let's get right into it. As we all know that drugs are chemical substances taken to correct certain physiological conditions. Diseases are these physiological conditions that are to be corrected. So diseases are abnormal physical or even mental states in humans in this case. Of course, animals have diseases too. But the drug disease interaction I'm talking about today has to do with human beings. So there are some certain medications that you should not take when you have certain disease conditions because they are contraindicated. What we mean by contraindicated is that they are not to be used in these cases. Well, there are some cases in which even if you will use certain medications, you have to reduce the dosage. That is, the dose that you will take will not be the same as one who doesn't have that condition. So I'll be bringing this to you today so that you would understand why we as pharmacists ask some questions before we hand over certain medications to you. You might think we are prying or why are they even asking me this? Well, there are certain drugs that if you take with your disease condition, they could worsen it or they could even lead to death. And there are other medications that when you take, they could cause some adverse reactions in your body or they could react with other medications you're taking for that particular disease condition so it is better not to take them at all this usually occurs majorly in chronic conditions chronic diseases diseases that have been there for a while that you've been treating so you've been taking certain medications for them over time so these medications will complicate these diseases like i said or could lead to organ damage and eventual death so let me get into the examples of these diseases and medications you should not take with them the first one is patients that are treating hypertension as we all know that hypertension is a chronic condition therefore you have certain medications that you take for them a very good example and a common one are calcium channel blockers that is what we call them chemically pharmacologically but you know them as amlodipine nifedipine and the other dipines that you know but those are the two common ones amlodipine and nifedipine we have felodipine but it's not really commonly used like these two that i've mentioned earlier 
they are called calcium channel blockers because they work by blocking calcium channels that lead to muscle contraction which leads to increased heart rate that is they decrease the contractility of the muscles of the heart the myocardia all right so for people taking these medications it is not advisable for you to take any calcium supplement because you are trying to block calcium channels you should not be taking calcium supplements you should not take anything containing calcium because what you're trying to block will supply your body in another way all right that is one major drug disease interaction another class of antihypertensives are beta blockers they are called beta blockers because they also block the beta receptors in the heart the beta receptors when activated they lead to muscle contraction all right so when they are blocked they decrease the contraction of the heart muscles as well and reduce your blood pressure that is what they do examples are your atenolol propranolol for those that take them you're familiar with this all right pavedilol and nebivolol like that so asthma patients are to be very careful if you have asthma and you are treating high blood pressure as well better blockers are not for you because they are contraindicated in asthma because they cause bronchoconstriction which leads to abnormal breathing or it could even block off your lungs and it could lead to cessation of breathing and death that is what you take your inhaler your anti-asthma medications like your ventolin your sabutamol for so you should not be taking beta blockers as an asthma patient another medication is ciprofloxazine it shouldn't be taken by diabetes patients i know that ciprofloxazine is a very common antibiotics that people take a lot of people just come into the pharmacy give me ciprofloxazine you should know that it's not advisable for patients that are treating high blood sugar hyperglycemia diabetes to use this medication because it causes hypoglycemia and in some cases hypoglycemia can actually be worse than hyperglycemia because you could just go into coma and that could lead to death it could lead to brain death even so patients with diabetes should not use it they should opt for another antibiotic to treat their condition and let me mention that most drugs if not all are contraindicated in patients with liver and kidney diseases because these are the organs of metabolism and excretion of major drugs almost all the drugs if i'm not mistaken most drug dosages have to be adjusted in these patients in some cases to half its original dose and these patients are even given these drugs when absolutely necessary if there are other means of treating without having to take medications that will be metabolized in the liver and excreted in the kidney they are treated in those ways then for sickle cell patients iron is contraindicated iron supplementation is not advised at all because this exogenous iron when taken can accumulate and circulate as 
a bound ion that enters tissues to form reactive oxygen species and it results in end organ damage. So any sickle cell patient should not take iron. Another class of drugs which should not be taken in certain diseases is steroids or immunosuppressants. They should not be taken by patients that are immunocompromised like HIV and AIDS patients because steroids except under close supervision they can cause reduced immunity and susceptibility to infections so these are not things to be taken just for taking sake or because you see somebody taking it and you say oh let me take it as well you should not take them without proper supervision that is if you absolutely need to take them at all and can i tell you to please pardon my voice i have been going through a bit of stress lately and it's reflecting in my voice well like i told you i will be going on my own break very soon i have just about three more episodes to go for the year so by then i'll be able to rest well and i'll come back to you with a fresh voice in the new year so moving on Another common one that I always talk about is NSAIDs and ulcer patients. Like, you have no business taking NSAIDs as an ulcer patient. When I say NSAIDs, I mean non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. That's the full meaning of the acronym NSAIDs. And these are anti-inflammatory medications that are taken for pain, majorly. They are not to be taken by ulcer patients because they eventually lead to bleeding, gastrointestinal bleeding which is already the case with ulcer patients. So you'll be complicating matters if you're treating your pain with NSAIDs as an ulcer patient. It is not done. It is not advisable. There are other medications that are not NSAIDs that you could use to treat your pain. Just let your pharmacist or your healthcare provider know that you have ulcer each time you go get your medication. It is very important because most medications trigger gastrointestinal hyperacidity so you taking these medications will complicate your ulcer also like i mentioned some antihypertensives earlier some should not be taken by patients with congestive heart failure calcium channel blockers should not be taken by patients who have congestive heart failure these are things that doctors do know all right but you know patients over time too they get used to their medications or they hear that a friend is using this particular medication and they want to try it out that is why i'm bringing it to your notice when you have a disease condition it is your duty of course most if not all actually all healthcare providers that are consulting with you that are clerking you should ask these questions okay any past medical history this is where you talk about your conditions that you are treating your past illnesses or the one that you are dealing with currently past medication history these are to guide us so that we do not complicate your issues and please be honest when we ask these questions like i said it is not prying it is just to ensure that you are treated optimally and you get the best benefit from your medications so if you have any health condition even before they ask just tell them i'm an ulcer patient too 
I'm an asthma patient too. So that when they want to give you medications, you know the right one to give you. And the last one I'll be talking about is the G6PD deficiency, which is the glucose 6-phosphatase dehydrogenase deficiency. A lot of people have this condition. Some do not know it. That is why it is good to, you know, get your medical checkup or go to a standard hospital for delivery so that these things are detected early. You are notified. Then you are careful so that when you want to get your medications, you notify your healthcare providers on time. Oh, my child has G6PD deficiency. Oh, I am G6PD deficient. So that they can take this into consideration when giving or prescribing medicines to you this is not a disease per se it is just a genetic abnormality that results in inadequate amount of the glucose 6-phosphatase dehydrogenase enzyme in the blood and this enzyme is very important in that it regulates various biochemical reactions in the body it is responsible for keeping red blood cells healthy so that they can function properly and live a normal lifespan so without enough of this enzyme red blood cells break down prematurely and the early destruction of red blood cells eventually leads to hemolytic anemia now when red blood cells are destroyed faster than the body can replace them there's reduction in oxygen flow as blood carries oxygen to organs and tissues this eventually leads to organ damage because the organs are malnourished, so to speak. So in this patient, hemolytic anemia can be triggered by certain drugs. You know, because the body is stressed, the blood that does not have enough oxygen to carry about, that is not strong enough, now has these medications in their broken forms as like additional burden to carry about. This can lead to quick damage of these organs examples are anti-malarials so if you want to treat malaria and you know that you or your child have g6pd deficiency please and please let the healthcare provider know all right also sulfonamides like septrin that's a very good example the common one they are used for treating bacterial infections they are contraindicated in G6PD deficiency. Aspirin as well, which is a pain reliever and NSAID is contraindicated and some other NSAIDs. Even mentor, there are some cough medicines that contain mentors. They are contraindicated in G6PD deficiency. And when these patients take this medication, they start experiencing symptoms like rapid heart rate, shortness of breath, fever, dizziness, paleness, even join this so please be sure to know your g6pd status and inform your healthcare provider each time you go get your medications there are ways around it if you definitely need that medication there are things to do to avoid the side effects all right and if there are alternatives they will give them to you so this is what i've brought to you today on drug disease interaction and that ends our drug interaction series of course i'll still be talking about drug use in pediatrics in geriatrics and in pregnancy in future episodes but that will be next year guys so 
I hope that you've been able to get something from today's episode. And like I always say, please share this episode because there's definitely somebody who needs this information. So why heard it? Well, thank you once again for following us on our social media platforms, on X, on Instagram. Please keep the support coming, guys. And I'll be seeing you on Friday. I want to say once again that Merry Christmas in advance. And till next time, stay healthy and God bless you.